Hello and welcome to the Analysis Mason podcast. My name is Tom Rebeck and I'm a partner in our research division. I'm here with Miltos Andriopoulos, who's a senior manager in our consulting division. Today, we're going to be talking about a piece that Miltos recently published on a new model of mobile Netco that we've seen in a recent deal between Polcomtel and Celnex. We'll put a link to this article in the in the show notes. So, um, Miltos, let, let's start by talking about the transaction itself. So, can you just give an outline of what the transaction what what the transaction was and, and what Celnex bought? Mm-hmm. Hi, Tom, and thanks for having me here. Uh, yes, so we're here to talk about this landmark transaction that took place in Poland uh, last February, where uh, Tauraco Selnex bought uh, the uh, the network of Polcomtel infrastructure, and this is um, this is a fairly large uh, investment envelope that includes the, uh, all the passive assets of the um, of Polcomtel. So these this things like towers. Uh, and shelters it includes the active assets on the on the tower so things like antennas remote radio units baseband units and it also includes the backhaul uh, the backhaul assets so things like microwave and fiber optics that connect the side to the core network so pretty much it it, it includes the full network uh full control infrastructure only keeps uh sorry uh yeah, so the MNO only keeps uh, its spectrum and everything else that you can see is transferred to Celnex. So, but the, the core network, so, so the, Polcomtel keeps the spectrum and it keeps its core network, but all of the other things, so the, so the, the backhaul, the um, active uh, network and the, the passive network are all transferred to, to Celnex or, or to, the new, to the new company. Exactly, to the new mobile network company, exactly. Okay, and in the piece you described it as a landmark agreement, um, because I, I think it's the first that we've seen of this type that includes, it, it, it's the fact that it includes the RAN, it's the fact that it includes the, those active um, assets that makes it a landmark deal, right? Yes, exactly. It's, it's the first time uh, you can say globally that, that this happens uh, in that scale. We're talking about a, a, a large European country of 40 million people and you have one of the uh, main operators pretty much uh, selling uh, its, all of its network, or, or all of its non-core right. network uh, to, to a third party and then leasing it back uh, on a network as a service uh, agreement. So, so pretty much um, this marks a tectonic shift in the um, the way the uh, mobile markets work, where, whereas the network has been considered as a core asset by the mm. mobile network operators. Um, it was something that you wouldn't outsource because it could hurt uh, the quality of service and your relationship with the end consumer. But now uh, what this means is that uh, this uh, deal marks is that the technology is there to allow for that. and the um, contractual framework has been defined for the first time, something that will allow um, network operators, mobile network operators to trust a third party. Mobile network operators right. will keep the end relationship with the consumer. Uh, they will still be responsible for driving the consumer experience, both through the network and through the uh, contact points with the customer. but the operation uh, and expansion of the network will now be done by a third party. Uh, okay. 
so, so just on that, particularly thinking about future technologies, how will the how will decisions be made between a Polcomtel and this new the, the the mobile netco? So maybe it's upgrades to the five G network, or or even kind of going on to six G. How do they make decisions about which suppliers to use and so on? Yeah. So in this model, uh, all uh, network uh, decisions in terms of the coverage, the technologies used, the bands used, they're all lying with the client. The client is a mobile network operator. Um, yeah. the, the implementation, on the other hand, uh, lies with the mobile netco, uh, in that case right. with, with Celnex. And mobile netco can deliver uh, the implementation based on a framework uh, of uh, terms that, that is defined at the beginning of the deal. For example, at the beginning of the deal, the list of permitted vendors for right. that network are defined or a set of SLAs and KPIs for the uh, characteristics of the service offered from a given uh, point of presence. For example, latency, speed, etc., etc. Okay, okay, good. So it's an agreement between, between the two parties. Um, Let's just talk about the benefits of this model first by talking. Uh, so it's Cellnex. Uh, the, the, so, so what's the benefit to to them um, in, in in taking on more than just the the, the the sort of assets that they've bought before? Yeah, exactly. So this this can be seen first as a um, as a way to grow the uh, product base of the Tarcos in the addressable market. Yeah. So Tarcos have been traditionally focused on, a, on, on the fairly uh, secure model of uh, offering collocation on towers to MNOs. Uh, now, mm. by offering a full network as a service, so including the elements of the active equipment and the backhaul, uh, the revenue envelope can, can potentially be doubled. So if, if on a given right. site, for example, a Tarco would be getting a fee of 10,000, let's say, for example, euros, per annum to offer that tower to the MNO. Now this can be up to 20,000 euros, depending of course on what type of uh, services the um, MNO takes. Uh, aside from that, uh, it's, it's also uh, a strategic investment in that it places tower costs uh, in a better position to address certain other aspects of the market. For example, um, Towercos can now become uh, ideal partners for uh, potential new entrants in the market. So we've seen in many markets uh, governments uh, trying to, to introduce new entrants mm. as part of 5G auctions. Uh, and these new entrants need a lot of time to deploy a network uh, to, to reach coverage, et cetera, et cetera. Now with, yeah. that, with that model, they can go quickly and swiftly buy essentially network, they will just load up the spectrum that they have and they will be buying network and then very quickly they will be able to uh, offer a very uh, wide coverage. Ad additionally, this this also makes Towercos ideal partners for often government-driven initiatives, especially around rural mm. coverage. So we've seen many governments right. uh, looking to close the digital divide within countries uh, extend, for example, 4G, 5G coverage to remote areas where it's not commercially um, profitable for operators to go themselves. This type of um, business model makes Tarco's ideal partners for such agreements. The Tarco can be 
the mobile network actually uh, can yeah. be the uh, uh, the strategic partner to offer the coverage uh, and the network on these areas, and then all the MNOs in that country could be using that network. Okay, so that makes sense. So it's clear from the Tarco, it, it, it moves them to a different part of the value chain. There's more revenues available. Um, there's other opportunities that they can address. What about the flip side, Dave? What, what about the benefits for the for the MNO in, in, in doing a deal like this one? Yeah, exactly. So for the established operator, we said already uh, it's an opportunity to raise uh, cash or uh, expand coverage in some areas where. Uh, they may not be present or not have the quality of service uh, they would hope for uh, with an, an, a financially efficient way. There are also uh, some cost savings to be had, uh, depending on the uh, revenue model that the mobile netco will choose to apply. What we have often seen is um, often some discounts to the established operator when mm -hmm a given site is used by uh, a third player. So this way, oh, okay. it, it, it somehow aligns uh, the incentives, if you can say that. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, by, by, by sharing some of the assets that they were using only themselves, it, it should be using those assets more efficiently. And that should see some cost savings to the, the established operator as well. Okay, very good. Um, and finally, I know you were involved in the in this um, in this deal, so maybe you can just talk briefly what Analysis Mason's role was in the deal. Yeah, exactly. So very we're very happy to to be involved in such a, such a landmark deal. Uh, so we were involved from the very early stages uh, and across all the um, deal process from the conceptualization of uh, of the deal to the definition of the perimeter. Uh, to the definition of the service catalog and the pricing to be applied, uh, then all the way to the creation of the business plan and the financial model that would be the basis for that deal, to the final stages of the deal uh, where Analysis Mason provided vendor uh, due diligence services and supported uh, discussions with the uh, prospective investors and the buyer in the end. Okay, perfect. Great. Thank you very much, Miltos. So the, the article that Miltos wrote, um, it also has some diagrams that add some detail to what we, we've just been discussing. Um, so you can get that through the, through the link. Um, it also has Miltos's contact details. So if you'd like to hear more information, he'd be very happy to hear from you. To automatically receive future episodes, please subscribe to the Analysis Mason podcast. Thank you for listening.